What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Two Worlds Podcast. I'm Jake, and with me, as always, is the slippy toad to my Fox McCloud. It's Casey. What's up, buddy? I'm under fire. <laughs> Do a barrel roll. I know he doesn't say that, but I'm not the most, you know, Star Fox savvy gentleman. So, well, hey, you, you still made a quote. Yeah, and that's what counts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into the news. We're back on track where I have almost nothing and Casey has a lot more than me. So Casey, take it away. All right. So um, first off, there is a new Shazam costume. It looks like Zachary Levi, you know, is in it and he's looking way better than he did in the last one. I actually like the old costume. It gets a lot of flack and kind of justifiably because it's very, it does look very stuffed. Like I know he did gain a lot of mass, but I have a, you know, like it, that costume looks like everything he, like he's still Chuck size Zachary Levi underneath there. And this one, it's very nice. Like, did you see it? So I saw the little video thing that they put out, but I didn't think that we got a good look at it. Was there an actual photo? Yeah, there's actual photos out there. They had the, they released the photos first, and then they did a little teaser where it's just like all dark, and then Zach and Levi or Shazam's like, oh, a little light would be nice, guys. It was pretty. It's pretty funny. Oh, but, okay. I just now saw the the photo. Yeah, that looks awesome. Yeah, like it. Like I like I said, I like the old one, but this is like a hundred times better. <laughs> it's very very uh, like. DC universe, like Anna or movie universe uh, yeah. aesthetic, you know. And and I don't know if it's just the way that they did it, but it the it looks like it's way less padded, but he still looks big. Oh, he looks huge. Yeah, but and the I old know one that looked he's working fake. For it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I what I mean? Sure. And he's still like, I mean, he still was gaining lots of muscle and lots of mass before, so it's just like, you know. I don't know if it was just the stuff they made that costume out of or what, but yeah, this is just a huge improvement on something that was already good. Yeah. I, the only thing I like better about the old one is the lightning bolt. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, still super cool. So um, suicide squad McFarlane toys have been revealed and this is like, it's so stupid to me because they made peacemaker and they gave him a sword because guns are bad apparently even though that's kind of like kind of his thing like i don't think he's gonna wield the sword at all in the movie but yet they're like Isn't no that, like a few of their things is guns yeah yeah so I, it's just like i don't quite get this one guys i was reading something where it's just like DC doesn't want to produce toys that have guns anymore. That's one of the things that someone said. I don't know how true that is, but I was just like, this is very dumb, but the McFarlane toys still look really awesome because McFarlane sculpts are always great. So that's at least a plus. I'm not going to buy any because I'm not the biggest suicide squad fan and just have, you know, don't have the biggest interest, but they look cool. I didn't take a look at them. It's silly because if I remember right, McFarlane toys aren't really like cheap toys, right? Aren't no. they more like for the collector? Yeah, I mean, it, well, honestly, anymore, none of the toys are really cheap. But like yeah, the last time I bought a McFarlane figure, I'm going to call it that, it was like, it was, a, I think, a Larry Bird. Like he was doing basketball ones, like the basketball sculpts. 
and it was like a Larry Bird like doing his like like pose and I think that was like about 20 bucks but that would have been you know early-ish 2000s so right they're probably like 30 to 40 now right I don't know my whole thing is is like I mean if you don't want to do guns for like kids that's fine but one the movie's rated r so kids shouldn't be seeing it anyway and two you know the the collectors want the guns if that's what the character uses yeah it's just silly 100 percent all right um so all three of my news things are actually directly comic book news so um there, there's going to be a Death of Doctor Strange miniseries in September. It's going to be five issues um, written by Jed McKay and art by Lee Garbett. So here's, a, here's the, the breakdown of it. It's a future story showing the final chapter of Doctor Strange's, like what he does for the Marvel Universe. And I guess... Jed McKay said he wanted to, to touch on the ramifications of what if the Marvel Universe didn't have Doctor Strange. So I don't know if it's going to be a thing where like, here's an issue where it shows what happens when we don't have him, but then because he can do time stuff, he saves the day, you know, probably what it's going to be. But um, I don't know. I don't know why Marvel is obsessed with these death of big character we, you know, we've done it with Wolverine. Um, we've done it with Old Man Logan, which is a different Wolverine. They've done it with the Inhumans. Um, I feel like there's, a, I mean, Spider-Man a while ago, but I feel like more recently there was even another one. Um, I, I just don't, don't it's just not necessary because it really, yeah. it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter too much. And they're, they're just doing this whole death thing for the sales and it, it never, it never has a lasting effect. Yeah. But at least this one, it is very much its own self-contained thing. It's not like them when they, you know, killed off Johnny storm and they're like, they're going to stay dead forever. And right. then it's like, a year later he's back this is like its own thing because at first i was like this is really stupid because he's one of the big names that they have left in the movie verse like you can't be killing him off like kill him off in the comics while they're like they're still making movies about him that'd be really stupid but at least this is like its own mini series and jed mckay's a good enough writer so i mean i have i have faith that he would actually do a pretty good job with it yeah my my initial thought was like oh scarlet witch is going to take over and it'll be the sorceress supreme but then it's like well maybe this just won't matter that much and the movies will stay separate but i don't know we'll find out i mean it's one of those things that's so stupid to me though because it's like marvel's done a pretty good job of like synergy and that's where dc's always kind of messed up of like having their comics be similar enough to their movies that people can go into your shop and then be like here's money point me in the right direction and then you know and it's, it's work so it's just weird that they're doing this but then since the, like i like i said since this is its own thing i think it's gonna be pretty neat i'm actually interested in it i'm interested in it too i just don't have a lot of faith that it's gonna have the effect that they say it's gonna have but anyway moving on 
Um, moving on, Indiana Jones 5 is going to start production this week. And it's starring Harrison Ford, and it's going to be directed by James Mangold. I didn't even know they were doing this. I don't think they should, but whatever. I mean, I hope Shia LaBeouf's going to be in it, too. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so uh spielberg did crystal skull right yeah okay so if he's not doing it it's already a little bit better right <laughs> hopefully so i mean i don't know it's just i'm gonna like, see it you know like yeah, I, it, I love indiana jones not crystal skull but love indiana jones so even even if it's bad i'll still go see it i just hope there's one part where indiana jones kicks a dead horse <laughs> that would be funny <laughs> um and then i don't know like i think you'd be interested in this game so that's why i kind of put it in the notes even though you are you know pc master class now mm-hmm. but god of war ragnarok has been delayed till 2022 and it'll be on both the ps4 and 5 so maybe if i get it which i probably won't because i never was into those games but if i do you can just come over and play it and be like well i don't think thor would get killed by old kratos <laughs> that is a flawless impression <laughs> of me um, i was going yeah, I, I thought so <laughs> yeah i didn't play the other one either because of the playstation exclusivity but uh it sure looked cool and everybody said it was great and it won game of the year question mark i don't know if the it was at least in the talks yeah like because i i had like one through three like remastered for the playstation 3 and i was like not doing it for me and so i just traded into gamestop and got something else yeah i i've played a couple of the the I don't know if, if I played like one and two or one and three or and two or three. I don't know what I played. I played two of the old ones and, uh, and then I watched a lot of uh, like Twitch for the, the newest one and they weren't really that similar as far as oh, really? uh, like, I don't know if it was like camera angle or just the graphics were that much better that it seemed different, but <laughs> something seemed different between the two, but uh, either way. Um, I did see that. I saw a lot of people on the internet were not happy about it as they usually aren't when games get delayed, but um, this just means that they're making it better before release. Exactly. Like that's the same. That's the thing. It's like the the same people that are like screaming about it being delayed or the same people that would be screaming about it. If there was like one thing wrong with it. Yeah, exactly. The Kratos' beard is slightly different than it was in the last game. It's glitching a little bit. <laughs> this Let's game is burn trash. their house down. <laughs> you know, it's just like, geez, guys, calm down. Yeah. All so, right. Um, oh, go ahead. Not, yeah, I'm just gonna just gonna dive right, right after in after you. I'm gonna bulldoze you right over. <laughs> um, so, did you watch Jupiter's Legacy? It's I the Mark didn't. Miller show that was on Netflix. No, well, I didn't read the book either. Yeah, I didn't didn't read it, didn't do anything like that. The only downside is like Mark seems very proud of this and and Netflix has decided to cancel it. So that's too bad. They're only giving it one season, but they have ordered a new live action adaptation of Miller's Super Crooks, which will have characters from Jupiter like Jupiter's Legacy. Which is weird because they also cut the contracts of every single person on Jupiter's Legacy. So I don't know how they're going to be able to get them back or if they might just recast the same characters that were already in there. Don't know how right. that's going to work. But So uh, one of my customers 
His name is Dan. I know he's listening. Hello, Dan. Uh, Hi, Dan. He is a pretty big fan of Jupiter's legacy from the few conversations we've had about it. So I don't know. I don't know if he watched it. And if you have Dan, let me know how the show was in comparison to the book, but uh, he always said that the book was really good. So it's a shame that, uh, that the show either didn't live up to expectations or Netflix is just being a bunch of dummies about it, but it just doesn't make any sense. Cause it's, it was out for like, it's been out for like what, two weeks now. And they're already <laughs> yeah. like, Plus, it's didn't just, they put a lot into it. I heard that like yeah. the production was quite large. Yeah. And then like Miller even like Miller said to Tony Guerrero, uh, he was like this, he's like kick-ass was the proudest I'd ever been of, you know, one of my works being turned into a thing until Jupiter's legacy. Wow. And so it's like, what are you guys doing at Netflix? I don't know if like maybe Miller just changes that mind and he's like, I'd rather do super crooks now. And you know, that that's what it was, but or maybe it's just one big stunt. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right. My next bit of news and, and these kind of go together. So I'll just, I'll do them both. Um, so there's a new Venom series to no one's surprise. It's going to start in November. Um, Donnie Cates' run is going to wrap up at issue 200. And then uh, Ram V and Al Ewing are going to be taking over on writing duties. I know, I know if you're, if you're all watching, you can see Casey's reaction and then Brian Hitch will be on the art and I'm not the biggest Brian Hitch fan, even though he worked a lot on that last Hawkman series, which he did a good job on, but usually I'm not his biggest fan. So it's like Al Ewing, Brian Hitch. I'm like, eh, hopefully Ram V carries a little bit on that. Um, Either way, it's going to sell well because it's Venom and the symbiotes are hot right now and then where is donny cates going after venom well we also found out this week he's going to take over hulk in november so we're gonna have donny cates with ryan otley on the art so i see that you're much more excited about that casey yeah no um i've hated this hulk run for so long (laughs) and like this is so exciting for some Donny Cates Hulk. Like I have a feeling it's gonna be dumb and just crazy and just stupid fun. And it won't be trying to be smart where, and still not really make any sense, but yeah, it's gonna be awesome. So I, apart from planet Hulk, I haven't read any Hulk outside of the first volume of immortal, which I read when it came out in trade so it's been a little it's been a while but uh this this i think i'll check out i like thor so much that i'm like if he can do something this cool with hulk then i'm on board for that yeah i mean in all honesty donny cates like everything of his i've read like at worst i'm like this is pretty good yeah so far i i mean i'll be honest i've not read like everything he's done but like his venom his guardians of the galaxy crossover even though i got behind on that uh his thor it's all been fantastic i really want to go back and read his doctor strange uh oh i read that that one too that one was really good was it okay yeah because i 
I know at first you like weren't super keen on like Loki taking over, but I guess it ended up being okay. Yeah, no, that I I liked. And one thing that I did like about it, and this is one of the things that made me stop reading with Mark Wade's run, is like you had Jason Aaron's run, which I was like kind of okay on, but they got rid of the magic. And so then this one's like Doctor Strange rediscovering his magic and all that. And then when Mark Wade took over, he's just like, none of that. Mar- Doctor Strange loses his magic again. He's going out of space to find new magic. And <laughs> I'm like, Mark. I love you so much and you worry about continuity so much. What are you doing now? Yeah, that is a shame. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully all that is good stuff, but uh, I agree. I I hope that Donnie is also staying like continuing on Thor. Um, If it goes to someone else, you know, so be it. Thor's had a lot of writers over the years, but I hope that uh, him going to Hulk doesn't mean he's leaving Thor. I mean, he's, he seems to be able to do at least four or five books. So I think, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. And um, then like with the Ram V and Al Ewing, like I like Ram V a lot. I don't like Al Ewing at all, really. And then you add in the fact that it's like, I'm just going to compare Swamp Thing to uh, Venom, where it's like, they can be kind of like overly complex characters. And that little bit of Ram V Swamp thing that I read, I did not like. And so I'm like, I'm worried that like even the Ram V stuff is going to be more like the Swamp thing and less like the Catwoman. So like, there's nothing re- redeeming for me. I like that'll be redeeming in this Venom series that I will be like, oh yeah, I need to read this. So is this you saying you're not going to read the first issue? <sighs> not at all. Unle- all right. Unless you're like, no, dude, you need to get this because splip splap the new venom bad guy that is gonna be the hottest thing is gonna be in this issue you heard it here first folks splip splap the new symbiote it's gonna be in the new movie it's gonna they're gonna he's gonna get his own like series afterwards it's gonna be great yeah Okay, so I have the last two things I have are just casting news. So first, Issa Rae will play Spider-Woman in Into the Spider-Verse 2. And one thing I'm curious about with this is, are they going to just have an African-American Spider-Woman that's going to be an alternate universe one, or there's a caster as white? Because there's like this weird complaint now with voice casting where they're like, no, no, the voice cast, the person that they cast for voice has to be the color of the person that's doing the voiceover. It's like, they don't. Like yeah, that's why the does dub- that matter? Yeah, because like, well, because a white guy got cast as a black guy, that's why it mattered. So people were throwing a fit about it. What I don't even know. It? I don't remember. Yeah. But then I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but okay, the dude that voices, I think it's Martian Manhunter. He's like an insane voice actor. He also does Samurai. Yeah, he also does Samurai Jack's voice. It's like, yeah. it's like, no, if you're just good at your job. It doesn't matter. I mean, like the only time it matters is if there's like a white dude doing a very stereotypical impression of whatever race that he's supposed to be doing. Then don't do that. But <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's one thing I was I was curious about with it. But you know, I don't really know her from much, so maybe she'll be good. I mean, pe- people have to realize. The same people are doing number two and number one was one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. So Mm -hmm. just trust them. Yeah, exactly. And then 
I'm going to butcher this person's name, so I apologize ahead of time, but uh, Tanakh Hureta has been reportedly cast as Namor in the second Black Panther movie, and which is weird because I always pictured Namor as Asian, not going to lie, and this dude's uh, Hispanic, so I'm like, that's a bit odd. But yeah, he's going to be the, you know, probably the villain, question mark, in Black Panther 2. You think so, they'll do an Atlantis versus Wakanda thing? I bet. I bet that's what it's gonna end up being. Like that. I that way, Google the guy because I'd never heard of him, and Neither I was shocked I. to to learn that he's forty. You know, dang! Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, he looked like twenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but hopefully. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I feel like um, there, there's going to be a lot of criticism around this next Black Panther. Yeah. And like I heard a like there was like a mini like rumor thing that I heard online. Like they were going to be pushing the actress that played Shuri to be the next Black Panther. But she did like an anti-vax tweet. And so now like they're like kind of like we don't know if we should be pushing her anymore because she could be crazy so (laughs) it's like i don't know if there's any there's nothing like backing that up it's just like one thing i read online but it's still pretty funny yeah i wonder i wonder if there's any truth to that that's funny yeah because i did see the tweet and people were throwing a fit about it but i'm like "Eh, it's not that like because she was relating it to um way like back in the day when there was like these new, you know, cures and all this other stuff. And black people were the first people to get it. Cause we were just, you know, white people are using them as Guinea pigs. And so she's like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't use this. You know, really be quick to use this. That's all she was saying that people were like, Oh, get out. You know, there's the Twitter outrage on it. And I'm like, I mean, she probably shouldn't be saying using her platform to say that, but whatever. <laughs> right. And it's almost like Twitter is the, worst you know i know (laughs) all right well i think that wraps up the news so it does we will take our little ad break and we'll come back and talk welcome back thanks for listening to the ad or if you're on the youtubes our exclusive youtube only story from casey now we will get into the comics that we read this week casey what were those so I read Crush and Lobo, number one, The Immortal Hulk, number 47, Green Lantern, number three, Ginny Zero, number two, The Nice House on the Lake, book one, Noctera, number four, uh, Dead Dog's Bite, issue four, and Iron Fist, number six, and Batman 109. What about you, man? I read Apex Legends Overtime, number one. Man Bat number five, Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters number one, Suicide Squad number four, Iron Fist Heart of the Dragon number six, and Batman 109. All right. Man, we only got two in common this week. That's just too bad. I know. I thought you were getting Suicide Squad. I keep, I just keep forgetting because I'm used to not getting it. <laughs> Fair enough all right so i'll start with uh crush and lobo so it's pretty nice this kind of does pick up where the last like where teen titans left off because it's like she is 
not with the Titans. They make sure to say that, but I've never read this character, you know, crush before really now. And it's like, I don't know if she's actually like, if, you know, uh, by the way, this is by Tamaki and Nalupan is on the art. And this art also it's Amake Nalupan. And it is fantastic for like 90% of the time. And like that other 10% of the time, it's like, it's all right. Just some things are kind of out of place, but like they'll do close up of the, the faces and you're like, Holy crap, this is outstanding. But uh, so I can't really be like, oh yeah, Tamaki really nails Crush. Like I have no idea, but it's pretty fun. The only downside is like, it's very much like, oh, I'm breaking the fourth wall. I'm kooky and crazy and fun like Deadpool, but I'm also a teenager and I'm in love. And so there's like, it's just like it kind of doesn't know what it wants to be at times. So like that kind of annoys me. And I will just also say like, you don't realize just how like just kind of terrible of a design Lobo has until you see it without facial hair. And that's what crush looks like. Like I hate, like, cause it just, she just looks, it just looks like, um, I guess like a, like a rejected member of kiss and it's not good at all. <laughs> and there's like a lot of like close-ups of, you know, her face and stuff. I'm like, I don't like that. But other than that, I actually really enjoyed it. Like, I would probably give it a 6 out of 10. I'd be interested in reading it. And if you do know a lot about Crush, you should just just be like, hey, I want to come on and talk about Crush and how Tamaki did it right or did it wrong. I don't care. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. I can talk about Apex Legends over time, number one. <clears throat> this was written by Jesse Stern. And then, so, okay, so it was written by Jesse Stern, but the story was by Jesse Stern, Tom Cassiello, and Manny Hagopian. And then pencils were done by Neil Edwards. So, unless you play the game Apex Legends, this book probably isn't for you um but yes basically the goofball character uh from the game his name is mirage he uh this kind of focuses on him and uh his teammate in the game which is crypto and uh this is sort of a team building uh, issue where they're not winning the game And Mirage is like, come on, let's go get a beer and talk about what we need to work on. And Crypto's like, well, I can't. I have a job I got to do. Mirage is like, I'll come with you. And then uh, some really bad stuff happens with a couple other characters in the game. And it leads to a cliffhanger thinking Mirage is going to betray Crypto. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen there? Most of the like the whole point of the game is you you have a team of three, so you can pick any of the legends. Um, and then you have to be the last one standing. So it's kind of like, is he just playing for himself like you do in the game, or is he actually trying to build uh, trust with his teammates? So it's pretty interesting. I liked it because all the characters were written 
like they express themselves in the games. The art was pretty cool. I just like seeing the characters from this game that I play all the time in this format. Um, so it was pretty neat. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a six, but it's like a high six because it's just a lot of buildup. Um, but I did really enjoy it. Now I got a quick question for you. Cause I don't know this game at all. So I'm not going to, I'm not, not sure if that's the right one, but this is the game with like the monkey guy, right? Like he's got like a cybernetic arm. Or am I making that? No, you were thinking of Overwatch. Oh, okay. Sorry. Which I also played a good bit of, but uh, but yeah, I, I okay. can see why you get them confused. All right. Yeah, because like I, yeah, uh, there's like a whole like a bunch of like first person shooters. I'm like, I don't know this stuff at all. Yeah. But all right. So my next one is The Immortal Hulk by Al Ewing and Joe Bennett. And you have the Avengers beating up on the Hulk because they wanted to like, it really, that was based like it was such so poorly written on the reasoning why like they decided, Oh, we're just going to fight them. They don't try to talk. You know, that was how the last issue ended. And then like, this is on the stupidest things. Um, Blade is on the Avengers. So he's attacking Hulk. He's like a Hulk, str- Hulk that's stronger at night that rises from the dead. You think I don't know the signs you got bit Hulk. Admit it. You're a stinking vamp. <laughs> and so then Hulk just grabs him and throws him. And yeah, and then like none of the none of the Avengers can really do much to him. Like Thor's fighting him, is beating him up, but then like he Hulk regenerates his arm over his head and starts like making it so Thor can't breathe. And then, like, She-Hulk doesn't know what to do because she's like, oh, I want to help my cousin, but at the same time, I want to help my team. And it, it's not good. Uh, oh, then, But then instead of a cliffhanger, at least this time, we end with some monster-on-monster makeout session. Ooh, that's steamy. Yeah. Steaming thing of garbage. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like... And, I'm not going to blame Al Ewing for the She-Hulk. I hate I hate stupid She-Hulk. I really do. It kind of ruins the character in my opinion, but that's not his fault. And then but yeah, then the the Gamma fi- flight shows up and we get like uh Rick Jones who's like kind of dead, kind of not. And it's you know, talks to Captain America, Captain America who's not really being himself either. Like none of these characters just come off like themselves and it's just it's just kind of lame, but that's how Al Ewing writes. In my opinion, he just writes character. It's very much a Bendez style where it's just like, this is how they need to act in this situation. So that's what I want. That being said, this is still like the best issue he's had in a while. In my opinion, um, it's, I'm probably not going to come back to it though. I'm just kind of washing my hands out and waiting for Donnie Cates. Now I'm just going to give it a four out of 10. So is this like, uh, hey, I'm doing Gamma Flight soon sort of issue or? No, Gamma Flight's been like a secondary thing oh. this whole time. Okay. So, yeah, it's just kind of like he just brought them in and they were going to help out Hulk. And, yeah, it was just, it's just like, you, yeah, I get like Absorby Man and uh, what's your name being jerks, but Puck and Leonard Sampson 
like you're not going to talk like the Avengers aren't going to try talking to them and you know like you're going to send Thorin who wants to who, who wants to fight Hulk to try to you know smooth things out first it's like get out of here <laughs> man you make a really uh, really good case to pick up this book yeah all right next i'm going to do man bat number five and this was written by dave wildgoss and art was done by sumit kumar um so this is the finale of the man bat mini series and this issue is awesome it was a really really good ending um you know batman's all messed up on uh the sound cannon fear gas mashup that scarecrow just came up with and man bat is just a beefier version of himself called king man bat and they're just fighting and meanwhile uh francine is like trying to help stop scarecrow and while that's going on uh kirk is having like an interior like a i just said interior is that the is that the internal internal uh conflict you're the one with the english major man come on i i know right (laughs) Uh, lots of internal conflict on uh well should i take over because i think i know how i can stop batman or should i let man bat fight because he's big and beefy and stronger than normal so lots of cool stuff going on but it doesn't feel uh rushed and it feels like each of those things gets uh it's just well balanced and um so now we're going into the spoilers spoilers um man bat is like i'm if you think you can stop batman so that you can then stop scarecrow and save the city i'm gonna just let you do it but you need to realize that that we're not like a jekyll and hyde i'm just like a part of you i'm i'm all your anger and and everything that's wrong with you and you just use me as an excuse to to kind of be crazy sometimes uh but we're we're one and the same so uh you're not gonna he's basically saying man bat is going away like it's just kirk now which i thought was pretty cool um so we get like king man bat kind of goes away and we just get a more a more human looking uh man bat and he and Francine are able to stop Scarecrow and help Batman <laughs> kind of snap out of it and save the city. And then uh, Batman's like, all right, well, now you need to go to jail. And Man Bat's like, fine, just let me say goodbye to Francine. And so they have like this crazy, awesome heart to heart where. Kirk has finally like come to terms with he and Francine are over and they're not going to get back together no matter what he does to like fix people anymore. So that was uh, depressing, but like also awesome at the same time. And then Batman takes him off to uh, Blackgate. But then there's like a little epilogue where Kirk is like 
do I give him a, a lab so that he can continue like helping people? He just has to be under watch now. And as he's doing that, uh, Wonder Woman comes in and she's like, Hey, I'm forming this team and I think you'd be really good for it. Uh, we need somebody with, with a mind like yours on it. And uh, she takes out her lasso. She's like, this is my lasso of truth. If you take it, you'll be unable to lie even to yourself. Um, we can help a lot of people. Like, are you, are you ready to start like a new life for yourself? And he takes it and he says, I'm ready to tell the truth. And then that's how it ends. And it says, follow the adventures of man bat and his newfound truth and justice league dark. Like, man, what a good freaking like prequel to justice league dark. <laughs> yeah. It just, it just bums me out that justice league dark is a hundred percent in a Bendez book. <laughs> I know. Uh, but dude, when this trade comes out, I highly suggest that you get yeah. it and read it. Like this book was so, so cool. And then Kumar's art is fantastic. Yeah. Like, yeah. What is what is he going to next? Because it is too good not to you know to be in something else. I I don't know. I really really hope that uh, that he gets put on like an A list book now. That isn't Same. Bendis. <laughs> um, but yes, I'm going to give this a ten out of ten. It was the nice. perfect final issue. The series overall was crazy fun. I never thought a Man Bat book could be this good, um, but it was a total knockout. So 10 out of 10. So we go from a 10 out of 10 to a book that I'm going to complain about. It's Green Lantern number three by Jeffrey Thorne with Tom Rainey and Marco Santucci on the art. And it's just like, so uh, Thorne was the guy that complained that Hal Jordan was the least interesting Green Lantern, correct? Say that again, you kind of cut out. Oh, sorry. Uh, Jeffrey Thorne was the guy that complained that Hal Jordan was the least interesting Green Lantern. That is correct. Okay, so this this comic is kind of showing how he doesn't know anything about Green Lanterns because he's like, yeah, you know what's going to make them very interesting? If we get rid of the fact that they're Green Lanterns, we're just going to give them a gun and let him do his thing on this planet where he's like fixing up a car and he's fighting people. Cause he's got a gun, but he doesn't have his green lantern ring. Wow. That doesn't sound fun at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then like, you know, we get some of the kid lantern in this and, uh, then, then Joe shows up from far sector. She's, she's in it, you know, help out with Oa. her ring still works. And so does a uh, kid lantern. And then it ends with like, Hal Jordan getting a you know message. It's not very good, and I hate the art. <laughs> like I can't even say like I like this. Like I'm sure some people do, but like I don't know. It's this style. It just does not do it for me. What do you think of that? Look, just looking at it. I mean, it looks fine. It looks like a like any 2000s DC comic art. You know, it like it makes me think of like. I don't. Uh, so the death and return of Donna Troy. It was like a trade that we had, and on the return, the art. I think it might be the colors are were very similar, and I hated that. I just and it's like I hate like the two thousands non Green Lantern 
um, sci-fi DC has. Like if it's not Green Lantern, it's sci-fi. I hate that art. And that's what this art reminds me of. And I just, I can't stand it. So yeah, I'm just not feeling this book at all. Like the fact that Hal Jordan and Joe are in it and they still have power rings, that's pretty cool. So I'm probably going to keep reading it for that. But I just don't know who at DC was like, yes, this is the idea that we go with for Green Lanterns. This is a good one. Well, I, uh, I, I'm not reading it, so I can't say anything, but it sure sounds like a dumpster fire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to give it a four out of 10. I'm hoping it gets better still. Cause I like the characters. I like John. I like Joe. I like Hal. I like, I'm enjoying Simon. I don't know how, you know, haven't read enough of that character and yet to say like, I like this character, but like those are the main ones. I don't like Kid Lantern. I know it's I'm calling her that even though I know it's Teen Lantern. Uh I just can't stand that character. <laughs> yeah. She's still just like angsty. Like yeah, she's full just bore. <laughs> yeah, she's just yelling the whole time and slipping in between span between Spanish and English the whole time and you know Oh, you know, like, speaking of that, that happens. Uh, in the Apex comic, I was sitting there reading it, and it happened, but with Korean because crypto oh, okay. is Korean. It's like, you. oh man, Casey just brought this up, and and yeah, it is really annoying. Yeah, <laughs> nobody just, talks like this. Yeah, I mean, like the only people I could think could talk like that are people that are like from the like directly from that country and they're talking to like if like i was talking to someone from mexico and they were like being nice because they're smarter than me and they know enough of english but then like they could slip back into you know spanish because like they don't know all of the words and they could say like you know because wukash would do that every once in a while with uh polish or but when he was talking to his mom he'd be talking in polish and then he just say like an English word every once in a while because he didn't know that word in Polish anymore and in, in Polish anymore. Yeah. So it's like, like I can get but that, see, but, but that that isn't what's happening. In these I comics. know this is just <laughs> this is just them going. Hey, remember they're a different race. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Star Wars: War of the Bounty Hunters, number one, and this was written by Charles Soule. And Luke Ross is on the art. So the saga continues with, uh, with who stole Han Solo from Boba Fett. And Boba goes to this uh, bar, like this cantina out in hot space on Narshida. And he's complaining to the bartender who he knows about someone stealing his bounty. And he doesn't know who did it. But whenever he finds out, he's going to kill him. When all of a sudden, um, a bounty goes out for Boba instead of Han. And uh, some people start trying to take him out, including uh, Zuckus. And I always call them Forlom. Uh, it was like 4 LOM, but uh, like in these comics, I don't know, from when you read them casey if you notice but whenever they like c3po's on uh someone's talking to him they spell out the word three and then do like pio like spell out three po oh, okay. 
And so they spelled it out and it's F-O-R-E-L-L-O-E-M. So for L-O-M? Sounds good to me. I don't know, but that's not at all how it looks. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I'm still going to call it for long because it just rolls off the tongue better. I'll allow it. Thank you. So Zuckus and Forlom, uh, which you would recognize that. I don't know if this is going to work with my screen, but uh, of course not. But anyway, uh, Forlom is the the black droid right there in the oh, middle. Oh yeah, I, I kind of yeah, I do recognize him. And you would recognize Zuckus too if uh, if this worked. But anyway, hold on. They are teaming up together to bring in Boba and Boba's like he, he kind of gets the upper hand on him and he's like okay like there's no bad blood between us so like what's the deal here and uh, they end up trying to still bring him in so Boba just takes them both out at once which is kind of crazy because they're supposed to be like two of the best as well and Zuckus even has uh, the ability to see um, like not far in the future, but like still has some psychic abilities. How funny would it be if like he tries looking like into the future to see how to beat Boba and it just keeps going to him getting his butt kicked. <laughs> Dude, that's, I mean, that's what should have happened. <laughs> He's like, let's see what I got to do. He's like, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> but after a big fight, Boba just ends up uh, cutting the head off of Forlom and taking it with him. He's like, you're going to talk to me whether you want to or not, which was really cool. Um, And it turns out that Jabba put out this bounty. So he goes to Jabba's palace on Tatooine with Forlom's head and uh, takes out some Gamorreans, uh, shows why he's a total B.A., and uh, ends up talking to Bib Fortuna because Jabba is out in space having like a, a meeting with all the other hut lords. And the hut lords are deciding, should we trust these people who claim to have stolen Boba Fett or Han Solo from Boba Fett? And uh, they decide that they're going to go meet these people. And now we're going to talk spoilers because the people that uh, that stole Han are the Crimson Dawn. And if you're like old school comics and like game Star Wars fan, you'll recognize that. I recognize or, the name, but that's all. Yeah. They, uh, they were like dismantled, but it was like a pretty big uh, organized crime group. And... You'll also recognize it if you've seen the Solo movie, which is cool because that movie is tying into this book. So anyway, we get to the Crimson Dawn people and this person has had their hood up the whole time and they're like pulling the strings to all this. And they explain that uh, that they chose to steal Han because Han is connected to like every major group in the galaxy. And they're not wrong. Uh, the Rebel Alliance, the Empire, uh, the bounty hunters, like all the, the crime stuff from the smuggling days. And they did a, Charles Soule does a nice job of, of making that make sense. And then 
uh, the last page, the person finally pulls the hood down and it is Amelia Clark's character from the solo movie. Her name is Kira. And she is like taken, uh, taken charge of the Crimson Dawn. So that's pretty cool because the solo movie was awesome and they needed to do another one. I'm really disappointed that they never ended up doing a sequel to that, but this looks like it's going to be, uh, be our sequel to that. So this is what happens between the solo movie and Boba actually taking Han to Jabba's palace. So, I mean, sure. We know the outcome, but I'm totally in on what's happening in the meantime. Like, Everybody wants to see all these cool looking bounty hunters that we only see for 30 seconds in the original movies, like duke it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, every part of this was awesome. Um, when I think of the last book that I just gave a 10 out of 10, I'm like, was it that level? It wasn't. And why I have no complaints. It's, I still can't give it a 10, but it's, as high a nine as I can give it. Now I will say just as like a, not as um, serious star Wars fan as you, it does annoy me that Boba Fett will then like, you know, he'll get a bounty put on his head by Java. And then, you know, when uh, return starts up, he's just chummy. He's just chummy old Boba Fett with Jabba the Hutt. Well, the the little bits are not little bits. There's a good amount of dialogue in this book, but like his conversation with Bib at Jabba's palace and seeing what's going through Jabba's mind while he while he's having this meeting with the other huts and and Boba and like never trusting anybody but still knowing he's the best, all of that kind of like makes that make sense. Like Charles, Charles soul does a really good job. With oh, it. Like I nobody, trust nobody trusts anybody else. They all know yeah. that at a moment's notice, like uh, a f- switch can be flipped. So it's done well enough. All right. So next up for me is Ginny zero number two. And this is by Dave Dwanock. And Broughton McKinney with uh, Magenta King on the art. And so this gives like more of a backstory on to what happened to her father. Shows that, she, you know, she's got powers and kind of going into stuff like her, a little bit more of her backstory and all that stuff. And it's, it's actually pretty enjoyable. Like the main character is still very unlikable. And that's kind of the point, you know, it's one of those things. And I, I will say this, and this happens a lot in comics anymore, and I'm just kind of get tired of it where they're like, yeah, we're going to start you in the middle of the story. Then we're going to give you their backstory slowly throughout the series because we won't, you don't need to see that stuff in chronological order. This is the new hotness. We're doing it this way. And I'm tired of that. Just tell the story normal. It's not that big, you know, not that serious. Just do it, you know normal way like unless you're not you're not reinventing anything doing this crazy kooky way it's easier to get invested if you just tell it normal but yeah it's it's fun like it's a fun book if you're interested in giant monster stuff and whatnot i'd say give it a ch- I'd 
give it a little checkeroonie. I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. Right on. Next is Suicide Squad number four. I have to find the credits page. It was written by Robbie Thompson. And art was done by Eduardo Pensica, Joe Prado, and Julio Ferreira. So um, it, it, we're, we're still crossing over with Teen Titans Academy. So Waller has Red X um, in their, uh, her facility. And he's got all these chains on him. And we find out that, because my first thought is, why why is he like stripped down but still has the mask on? It's yeah. silly. Uh, but Waller says that anybody that tries to take it off gets a near lethal dose of electricity um, shot into him. So anyway, uh, so we have the regular Suicide Squad that's like, you know, Peacemaker is still trying to assert dominance and the others are like, whatever, this dude's crazy. And in the meantime, um, it doesn't really say how other than comic books, but Red X with the electricity in his mask reroutes it to something and is able to override <laughs> the security here and uh, gets himself out. And then the Suicide Squad then tries to stop him. But Red X lets like all the criminals out of its Blackgate, right? That's where Waller works. Yeah. Uh, so Blackgate. So you see like Clayface and a couple other uh, couple other villains. And so some of the Suicide Squad is like trying to round up the villains and Peacemaker's like, leave Red X to me. And Red X decides that he wants to go have a talk with Waller. Before that happens, there's a big showdown between Peacemaker and Red X. It's fun if you like cool uh, comic book fight scenes. Art is very good. And I don't really know why Red X wanted to have the talk with Waller because he pretty much just gets to her office and is like, you know, flips her the bird and <laughs> causes an explosion and escapes. He doesn't actually flip her the bird, but just like a ha like, I was going to say, like, he just sounds like the most 90s awesome character ever. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine? He does a, like, he does a kick flip too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah he uh escapes blackgate and uh the the big reveal on the final page well i don't know i are you're gonna get it right casey i don't have to i don't have to spoil it go ahead spoil it um he lets rick flag out as well and rick also gets away no i didn't even know they had rick flag captured yeah um but anyway it says next blood sport so we'll get to see blood sport in the next issue but uh i mean it was cool it's just like it's goofy how red x can just waltz in blackgate and totally take over everything 
because his mask can shoot electricity out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe he hacked into it before getting captured and all that because he was able to hack into the Titan's Tower, too. So do you have any theories on who Red X is? I'm curious. Uh, not really, because, like, originally I was thinking it was going to be, oh, the, the one kid from Batman, but it's like, that's not who it is because this is like clearly just a team, you know, it's going to be one of the Titans type of thing. So it's like some people, like they were in the comic, they were trying to say it might be uh Freddie from, you know, Freddie Freeman because he doesn't have his powers, any, his Shazam powers anymore. And that, that was one of the theories that like the Titans were throwing around, but I don't know. I really like, since I've only read the first you know, a few issues of the Titans. I don't know these characters well enough to be like, Oh, I think it's him. Right. I can say, I know it's not the flat, the, the speedster girl. I know that one for <laughs> sure. Like I can X her out of my theories. You can X her out. I yeah. see what you did there. I don't know. I thought it would like, I thought they were going to go with a bat person. Like, that's what I was thinking too. Or something like it's got to be someone really smart, and I don't know what Tim is doing right now. At least off he's going to be in the Robin's head. book, <laughs> right? So it's going to be Crush. Yeah, it's going to be Crush. Um, plus, I kind of just want to see Tim in something. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just my wishful thinking. But anyway. Uh, it was still it was still like a really enjoyable read. It was just like like this was the Expendables or a Fast and the Furious movie, but but you enjoy it sort of thing. Uh, I gotcha. So eight out of ten. Nice. No complaints. It's just goofy fun. All right. So next up for me is one of the books I was really excited about. And I've heard so much about like building up to this because I follow James Tynan on the old Twitter. And it is The Nice House on the Lake, a DC Black Label book. It's by James Tynan IV with Alavero Martinez Bueno on the art, I'm assuming. I'm going to double check. That's just what it says on the front. Yeah, uh, on the art. And then we got Jordi Belair on the colors. These colors in this are really great. They always are with her. Yeah. And so... This is very much like a um, Twilight Zone episode. Like, basically, all these people, they know this guy. The dude's kind of a weirdo, but he becomes friends with all of them. Like, the girl that's telling the story, she's like, oh, yeah, met this dude at the bar. And he would just always have these, like, you know, he'd be like, if you could end the world, how do you think it would end? And then we'd always (laughs) just have these discussions about it. And then... Now we're, you know, then like basically now we're at the lake house and there's all these other people that I, so I sort of know. That's all I'm going to go into story-wise with it. But it, like I said, very much like a Twilight Zone. I have no idea where it's going, but I was captivated. I really liked it. Very interesting to see where it's going. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. It was like outside of Batman, probably the book of the week. Like lots of people were asking ahead of time for it. And I definitely sold out the day that it came out. I figured you did. That's why he didn't, why I figured you didn't read it. Yeah. 
Um, I just have Iron Fist and Batman left. Okay, so I'll talk about these two really quick, and then we'll get to those. So uh, Dead Dog's Bite, number four, and this is still by Tyler Boss. And this just kind of goes into more, you know, more info onto the whole town, all the weird conspiracy stuff that's going on. It's really weird, really cool, kind of explains what happens. I don't know what's going to happen next, and I'm really curious about that if there is going to be another issue i don't really know because the way this ends they could easily end it here and i'd be fine with it but i'd like to see more but yeah i actually i i liked it really like this series this will be an eight out of ten for me and it's also another one of those ones like the you know like the last book i talked about where i don't really want to tell you much i just want you to read it because it's good <laughs> And so, uh, Noctera, number four, and this is by Scott Snyder and Tony S. Daniel. Does this sell well? I ask as you're taking a drink. No, that's okay. Yeah, it does. It's Good. one of the one of the best selling like non big two books that I that we sell. Nice. Yeah. So like you get more backstory about you know the parents because they can't tell the story just at the start. They have to tell you know they have to sneak that stuff in there every once in a while and all that stuff and then you know you have some fun killing stuff and then oh there's some sunlight and that's how it ends it ends with a sunlight type of thing pretty cool not gonna lie i'm digging it uh this book it's like it's just very solid you know like like if this was like if i was trying to like build a team of pokemon and like I had like one like really top tier and I was like, I need some like other ones that are good that like won't get killed like first couple hits. Noctera would be in that tier, you know? Like <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So like it's like when you're fighting Brock and like you have the you know your starter Pokemon in there who's really tough, but then you're like, I gotta get some Pidgeys because my Rattata is not gonna hold this up, you know. Because that's all you're getting in between Pallet Town and wherever Brock's at city come on okay sorry but um yeah so like with that said it's like a seven out of ten it's not scott snyder's best stuff but it's still real good real even, solid. even like okay scott snyder's still pretty awesome yeah yeah no exactly it's like just being like yeah it's not his best but his best is also some of the best comics i've ever read so it's not there but it's still really good yeah all so right. I'll take point on Iron Fist because I probably liked it more than you because you texted me disappointed about it. <laughs> Works for me. Okay, so this is by Larry Hama with Dave Watch, uh, Watcher on the art, and it's issue number six. I'm assuming it's the last issue of the series. Um, so, yeah, you have, like, first of all, let's ask you initial thoughts on it. I hated it. <laughs> did you hate everything leading up to the end or was it just the end that kind of threw you no i pretty much hated all of it really all right um it, it's just dude it's like we said before but now it's like an actual like big problem for me this isn't an iron fist book yeah but i'll let you it's... i'll let you do your thing so yeah i mean you have like they, they're battling the dragon and all this stuff and they're all teaming up and it's it is it, it feels like an event book like an iron fist event book like 
And it, it also kind of builds up the lore of Iron Fist more than actually does anything with Danny Rand. And that is a disappointment because, like, I'm not reading this for the lore of Iron Fist. I'm not reading this for anything other than the fact that it's like Danny Rand as a character. And so, like, since they're given, they give a lot of the cool stuff to Okoyo. I think that's how you say her name, which is kind of a, dis- kind of a disappointment. And, but yeah, she ends up saving the day. And because Danny gives her the iron fist and she's got all the hearts and of the other stuff. And yeah. And then like they give, she gives the iron fist power to the, the little dragon that they had to kill. And that's how it ends. We don't have an iron fist anymore, I guess, but that's going to get ignored sooner or later and he'll be back. Yeah. But that, that doesn't, that doesn't make this like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Because what you just said is, I read this for Danny Rand. Yep. Danny wasn't even the hero in this. He didn't give the final blow. He gave away his powers. This was an Okoyo book or however you said her name. That's that's what's kind of crazy, though, is like the first four issues were Danny Rand, really. Yeah. Like, And then like the fifth issue, I was like, nah, it's kind of like a team up book now. And this issue was like. It's it's like the event book because like they're gonna give Okoyo her next or like she's gonna get her own book soon, you know, type of thing where like they're building her up in this for her future book, which I don't think she's getting one. Yeah, so I mean it's not Danny's book. Okoyo says, actually I don't want to be the Iron Fist. So she's not the Iron Fist. Um nobody is. It's just yeah. like you know what? We just we just don't want an iron fist anymore. It's like, well, why did you end it like that? Yeah, it's a bad ending. It, it was you know, pretty weird. I'm I'm gonna curse Casey. It was a shitty ending, just you'll, all around. You'll have to edit that one out of YouTube. I know we won't. <laughs> YouTube's already marked as uh, not for kids. So oh no, um, make less money that way. I know, right? It's just it's really disappointing. They're basically saying. The Iron Fist power is back in Gork's egg. Gork is the new Shulao the Undying. So whenever he hatches and grows up big and strong and someone decides to fight him for the Iron Fist power, that's who gets the power. Well, when's that going to be? I don't know, dude. This And, and Danny's just fine with it. He's like, I'm just going to live my life. No, you can't. Danny Rand can't just like, going like there's too much going on in his life i don't know this this was dumb every all the characters were just like this is a fine ending and it wasn't a fine ending now where was the prince of orphans because he was in the last issue if i remember correctly yeah like he wasn't even in the background in this yeah but yeah, I mean, it had some like this had some fun fights in it, and like just like, and I love the art still. So like those are pluses. It's still just, yeah, it's just very much like, Here, dude. Here's another thing that that's not okay. They're like, hey, little girl, we have to kill. That was dragon. hilarious to me. It it wasn't to me. It was just bad because. It's not like they're explaining this to the dragon and the dragon's like, okay, do it. He's scared the whole time. We're no, watching that, his face. At, at the end, like when he, he's like, he's like 
he's ready for it. he's like you know because he knows that's his destiny that that's not the vibe i was getting from it and I, you know and that's the whole point of art it's everyone's yeah. their your own interpretation but i'll hold it up so that people can see it because they'll have a better chance seeing it on mine <laughs> um here hold on yeah you can keep talking about the art really quick while i do it the you art, know the art was good i mean there, there's there's no complaints about the art at all and like the villain design was neat but like you don't even really get that much iron fist action in this there's like two panels where he's like mid jump kick but uh but otherwise the the only real fight scenes are between the bad guy and the koyo so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what this was supposed to be, but uh, but I sure sure didn't like it at all. Yeah. See, because okay, you get her. Can you see that? Okay, because I have yeah. in front of it. All right. So you can see like kind of worried, and then like later on, it's like it's prepared. You know. I I guess okay. I just thought it was like. I just thought it was in bad taste to be like, hold up your dragon, little girl, so we can kill it and save the day. And in all fairness with the little girl, though, she may be a little girl, but she's also killing zombies. So it's not like, you know, a normal little girl. It wouldn't be like me doing that to my my niece. And <laughs> yeah. like, no, I, I know. I know. But no, like, I didn't hate it. I thought it was fun, but it isn't really that much of an Iron Fist book. And Anymore, I don't get too hung up on continuity because writers are too lazy to care. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a whole other issue, but <laughs> I don't like that either. Yeah. Because now it's just like, well, I really like, uh, you know, this series and this series, and I just pretend like this one doesn't exist, which you can do with anything, but this should matter. And this has nothing to do with Danny. Yeah. Other than I he, mean, him not being Iron Fist anymore. The next next thing with Iron Fist, it'll just be something like, oh yeah, when the the dragon was born, he had too much power and he just gave me back mine. Yeah. Had to go somewhere, you know, that type of thing. Right. Um, I'll give this book a three for the art. The art gets at three points. I'm gonna be honest. That the dude that does the art in this, he needs to do a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book, because mm-hmm. like Danny already kind of looks turtley, so it makes it would make it so sweet. But I'm gonna give it a five out of ten. I didn't love it, didn't hate it. It was just kind of like okay. All right, and then uh, we'll wrap everything up with Batman number one hundred nine. This was written by James Tynan and art by Jorge Jimenez. And uh, with Maury on the colors. So Casey, I will ask your initial thoughts. Uh, I love the art. It's this is some of the best art in comic books right now. Uh, story itself, kind of fine. It doesn't seem like Tynan is paying any attention to Catwoman, though, because Poison Ivy, if she's trying to do all this crazy kind of eco-terrorist stuff in this book, but then in Catwoman, she doesn't have any memories. It doesn't really seem to be the same, you know, same going on. But that was pretty neat. And then, like, you're, you know, you're getting some of the future state nonsense in there, which whatever. But and I, I liked it. And 
the ghost maker story in the back was kind of interesting. I really got like, I don't know Akira well enough to be like, you know, I got Akira vibes, but I got Akira vibes from the character that was in this. Yeah, that ghost maker yeah. fought and I was talking. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was like clearly these backups are like mini origin stories for these other assassins. I thought this one was cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, these, these are showing because when Ghostmaker first showed up in Batman, it's like, well, why is he as good as Bruce? This is showing why. And it's always yeah. like really cool. So, uh, yeah, I like that. And the art in that's really cool too. But, uh, but no, I, I also like the story. I, I do know what you mean about like the, the stuff with Poison Ivy, but they told us with this Infinite Frontier stuff that continuity doesn't matter. So I know it's just annoying because it's like these books are all supposed to be connected. And then you'll you'll reference back and like with the other ones where it's like, hey, check out Detective Comics. It's like, but what about the other stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't know. Uh, this gardener lady. No, nah, neither did I. I know I've seen this character before, but I couldn't tell you where. Uh, but Ivy sure looked cool, mm-hmm. and it was it was neat to get some of the the Harley Ghostmaker um, interaction in there too. It it seemed a bit like uh, just like a filler issue, really. But yeah, you know this filler issue was better than some like regular issues for other series that I've read. So yeah, there is that. Um, again, I know you mentioned it a while back in regards to the future state stuff where it's like, why didn't they do this first? Um, you know, it's kind of like that where the big like peacemaker zero one reveal isn't that special. Cause we already, you know, we've seen it in future state. Yeah. Um, but it's still fun. It's a gorgeous book. I still really enjoyed it. So I'll, I'll give it an eight out of 10. That's about where I'm at with the eight out of 10. I think it's a hundred percent like real good, but it's also like, there's this, I have these like minor gripes throughout and you know, it's, it's cool. Like, if you've been reading Tynan's Batman, you're going to like it because it's still Tynan's Batman. Like he still does a great job. So there's nothing to complain yeah. about there. It's just like, you know, you're just kind of left going, oh, okay. Right. I will say, um, punchline, she could be Harley Quinn and Ghostmaker in a sword fight, no problem. Oh, easily. <laughs> we don't even need an explanation because we wouldn't get one anyways. Yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. So what books um, are you most excited for next week? Okay, I'm going to pull that up really quick because I have it, but I had my phone locked. Okay, so I'm going to say The Good Asian, then Justice League, The Last Rod, and then Far Sector this time because it's coming out this time. Yeah, I I checked the date. I'm like, no, he's just a week off. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, for me, for me personally, I'm gonna go with Joker and Wonder Woman. And let's see, my third one. I'll I'll go uh, Bounty Hunters. I'm I'm nice. liking this little this little shindig over in Star Wars. So 
All right. So next up is just in Fantastic Four, unless you're like, hey, Casey, I got some surprise trivia for you. No, we've been rambling long enough. (laughs) That's a fact. (laughs) So I turned 30, um, you know, this weekend. And so now we're just, we're two old men yelling at the sky when we complain about comics. (laughs) So why don't you just give us four comics that we should read before we turn 30 for everyone else? Sure. So I kind of, I was kind of thinking of like, uh, what would be in my top 10? And then which of those would be in sort of everybody's top 10? And that's kind of what I went with. Um, so I'm going to go with Saga from Image Comics because I just feel like there's something for everybody in that book um, at some point in the series. And even if you're not to that point yet, you're at least going to love what it looks like on the way. Uh, and by the way, Casey, I think in July will mark three years without it. And it was supposed to be like a one-year hiatus. Yeah. And I know uh, BKV is working on TV and stuff, but the way that issue 50 ended, please give us more. Yeah. Um, next, I will. I was trying to think of a mar- like a good Marvel one, and I'm going to say Infinity Gauntlet um, for obvious reasons, right? And then I'll do two DCs because we all know that I'm a little bit more of uh, an overall DC fan. I'm going to go with Killing Joke because whether whether you think that book is like as awesome as everyone says or not, it's still referenced today like all the time in various books. So, um, and then I was like, well, who's the best superhero ever? And it's it's not even like an opinion. It's just a fact that Superman Puck. is oh. the best superhero ever. <laughs> and the best Superman comic book of all time is All-Star Superman. So that's why that also made my list. So there you go. Good good list, man. Good Thanks. list. Like, uh, yeah, like All-Star Superman would for sure be on mine also. Like when I was thinking in my head, mine's kind of hilarious though because like I have a lot of Marvel comics that I would rate really high that I think are really important but they're not would not be my four that I would be like, yeah, before you're 30, you need to read. I didn't have a single one on mine because <laughs> it was like all-star Superman. Like that's, that's Superman boiled down to its core. That's it, you know? And then next one uh, I would say would be Starman. Like it's like kind of all-star Superman is like the perfect superhero story. Also, uh, Starman is also really close to being a perfect superhero story. It's like perfect for this character because it's like his beginning to his end when he dies. Spoiler alert. Have you finished it yet, Jake? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had a feeling though. Um, so, yeah, I know it's like his perfect, like it's a, it's a perfect story for this character. I love that series so much james robinson absolutely kills it i highly recommend it to anybody but once you're 31 years old never read it (laughs) (laughs) and then um another one that i think everyone should read before they're 30 would be animal man by grant morrison this series starts off like a regular book about like a c-level hero 
And then it becomes something insane. And Grant completely kills it. They introduce themselves into the book later on, which led to a very funny story that Jeff Lemire told when he ran, like when he took over Animal Man and Grant looks at him and he says, don't F with his family. And because like in the book, Grant has a heart to heart with Buddy over his fam- over Buddy's family. So like, you know, he's, he's still watching over him, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then my last one is Why the Last Man. This book, it's fantastic, but it is a very much like, a, oh yeah, you should be reading this like in your your early twenties to late twenties book. And cause like once you get older, you might be like, Oh, pandemics don't happen. That's a, that, that never had, that would never happen. Anything like that. I'll be honest. There's two of those that I haven't read and I'm past the 30 mark. So you think is, is it still okay if I give them a shot? Yeah. Though with the animal man one, you should probably turn like vegetarian Cause that'll still be like really good for you that way. Cause you know, he becomes vegetarian in it. So like, <laughs> right. be helpful that way. Yeah. I, I do need, I've, I always have wanted to read both animal man by Grant and why the last man. I don't know why I haven't just now, haven't, but here's, here's a question. Cause I'm going to give you a plug. Does, does a comic book shop in St. Louis offer pretty much all of these books for, you know, listeners that want to read these, you know, that shop does, Casey. It does indeed. Ooh. Comic headquarters in St. Louis. Telegraph uh, Road, right? Telegraph Road. Absolutely. <laughs> you can find all of these wonderful books. And no one ever does, but we're still going to ask, what, what's on what's on your must-read list before you're 30? Or before you're 20 or before you're 50, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. We, we still want to know. Yeah. All right. Well. I think that brings us to the end. So let's do the closing plugs. If you would, please go to facebook.com slash two world podcast and give our page a like. You can also find us on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore PC and on Instagram at two worlds pod. You can also email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com. And also we are on YouTube. Please go to our YouTube channel, like, and subscribe. Uh, comment on the video, do whatever, help out the old algorithm there. And uh, please review us five stars wherever you're listening to this. If you haven't already, it would really help us out. And uh, we'd love to stay in chat, but we got to go practice our barrel rolls. So we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. I was actually going to like roll out, but I don't have room on either side to do that. So I'd just be like <laughs> knocking over a bunch of stuff. Like, like for I the said. content. <laughs> <laughs>